We did a podcast episode back in National Poetry Month about Langston Hughes' dreams. Today we're going to quote another one of his poems, which is What Happens to a Dream Deferred. Greetings and welcome to the Teaching ALA podcast where this summer we combine my two favorite things, literature and summer vacation. Get ready for some literary quotes. Well, this poem is short enough, so today's literary quote is an entire literary work. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. I'm going to share with you my analysis of the poem, which of course you can steal for classroom application. You can also disagree with it. If so, feel free to disagree in the comments. If you like my analysis, you can always give me a like in whatever podcast platform you're listening on. So the lines ending the question rhyme as do the two last as do the last two lines. The end rhyming of the question along with the punctuation add emphasis and forces a subconscious pause evoking thought. Poem speaker wants the reader to think about the questions. The dashes interrupt the flow, intimating that the speaker is also pondering and not quite sure where the deferred dreams are headed. Note that there is no dash in the last three lines as the deferred dreamer does what only he can, cause violence. Deferred means delayed or postponed, by the way. You already knew that, but your students might not. There is no set meter or form, much like a dream. It's because form reflects content. Alliteration examples are highlighted. Uh, Actually, they're not highlighted (laughs) because this is a podcast. Anyhow, there's alliteration examples. You're an ELA teacher. You know what they are. The repetition of the S sound in sugar and syrupy sweet lends sluggishness and negativity to things that are normally considered cheery. Images include dried up raisins, festering sores, rotting meat, crusting sugar, and heavy loads. These images are passive. The subject in each one is doing nothing, just letting the natural course of rotting to take effect. The predominant literary device used in this poem is simile. Note that the images using similes are passive images. A simile is an indirect comparison. The only comparison using a metaphor A direct comparison is the exploding dream, a violent image contrasting the passivity of the other images. Langston Hughes was a primary member in a literary movement known as the Harlem Renaissance. Hughes and other Harlem Renaissance writers sought to express the spirit of black America. Now, if I were writing a poetry analysis, I would begin with the poem's theme that uh, Hughes uses imagery and figurative language to show how an oppressed people can turn from passivity to violence if not allowed to pursue their God-given rights. This poem was an excellent opportunity to teach figurative language, especially similes, metaphors, and the differences between the two. Simple three-column chart will do the trick. Label the left column type of figurative language. Label the middle column specific example in the poem. Label the right column interpretation of figurative language. And speaking of lesson plan, did you know that over at ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, I got a ton of lesson plans. I combined them all into one gigantic unit, 33 short stories, 11 poetry units, all types of writing, three novels, a couple of plays, Shakespeare, and an epic poem. Now, maybe you don't want the whole thing. I also have a Langston Hughes unit. talks about lesson plans on Langston Hughes' life, the Harlem Renaissance, imagery, theme, figurative language, poetry annotation, nonfiction analysis, irony, goal setting. Pretty much it's Langston Hughes' most famous and best works Uh, Mostly poetry, but there is a little bit of thank you, ma'am, in there, too. Now, Hughes wrote in a time where the rights of a specific group of people were limited. Career opportunities were limited. Educational opportunities were limited, and not just socially. These limits were quite often written into law. Now, we live in a time with so many more freedoms, but if we don't take advantage of those freedoms and set goals and actually dare to dream, then we're no better off than those whose dreams are unfairly delayed. So what about your dreams? Are you still learning? Just because we no longer attend school doesn't mean we should stop learning. That's what I tell my uh, 
graduated students. The internet has made getting an education more accessible than ever. What a great blessing that is as educators and as students. I've taken classes on digital media, digital marketing, and pickleball. You guys should play pickleball. It's a lot of fun. Some of these classes I've paid for, some I haven't. Some I've just found stuff on YouTube. What a, what a great era we live in to achieve our dreams. I've even created a course specifically designed for ELA teachers on how to create a semester's worth of lesson plans in just a few days. So imagine having all your lesson plans done for the entire first semester or even the entire year on the first day of school. I'm going to put a link in my show notes for anyone interested in checking out my video course that you get a feel for my philosophy on teaching, lesson plans. Although you probably have a feel for it. You're listening to my podcast. Thank you, by the way. I really do appreciate that. The course details, how I create a short story unit plan, poetry unit plan, novel unit plan. It's got tons of handouts ready to use and a checklist creating all types of units. Again, there's a link in the show notes. So final takeaways from what happens to a dream deferred. So what does happen to a dream deferred? I'm guessing it does explode. If you've been delaying your dream, you better start working on it before it blows up. And I don't mean that in a good way. Langston Hughes was an inspirational poet whose poems are relevant to a lot of issues facing our young scholars. And this poem is a great poem for analyzing figurative language. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 